Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. And welcome back into the Bama on three show. This is your host, Clint Lamb, sitting here with Jimmy Stein. Jimmy, it's Wednesday, three days in a row. How are we doing? Really good. Uh, getting closer to the Arkansas game. I hate that it's almost over, but on the other hand, it feels strange to say this a week and a half after LSU, but I feel our team is playing really well. I mean, I, I, I wanted the team to play well down this stretch going into Georgia, and, and I really feel like they are. I know it's New Mexico State performance might be fool's gold, but uh, I like how there's a change probably on the offensive line. Uh, we're, we're generally healthy, uh, generally. Uh, obviously, everyone's going to have some guys missing, but, I mean, look at Auburn. I mean, you know, they lose their quarterback, their kicker, <laughs> tight end, left tackle. Uh, you know, we're, we're healthy generally. You know, we lost our backup running back. Um, I, I'm excited about what we might accomplish down the stretch here. I feel like – that with that LSU game, I think LSU is starting to play a little bit better. You know, I think a lot of pressure is being taken off of Ed Orgeron. I think he's, you know, the defense, he's already talked about how they was going to start allowing them to pin their ears back a little bit more, you know, disguise a little bit more, get more creative defensively. And I think that that's helped. I mean, you look at Alabama and you look at, at Arkansas, you know, 16 and 20 points, that's not great, but that's a, a huge improvement from you know the 40 plus or 30 plus that they were allowing in a lot of their other games leading up to you know the last couple of weeks so I just think that despite the injuries on defense I understand they're depleted but it's still a very talented LSU defense and the fact that they're not being very vanilla on that side of the football and, and setting themselves up for failure I think you're starting to see that talent shine through a little bit so even though I think it was still a very bad uh, win I was almost a bad loss it kind of felt like a loss but uh, even though it was a bad win and they looked rough, you know, you're not really going to try to justify it in too many ways. But I still think this Alabama team um, has some some possibilities. It's just a matter of getting things on track and, and keeping them on track consistently moving forward. And they're going to have to down the stretch here with uh, Arkansas, Auburn, and then potentially Georgia in the SEC championship. You know, now I guess it's time to turn the attention to the college football playoff rankings, the latest that came out on Tuesday night. What were your thoughts, man? Well, where Alabama is, is just fine. Nothing's changed, and nothing's really changed. If you think about it, even though the rankings didn't come out then, nothing has changed since the loss to Texas A&M. In terms of conventional wisdom, in terms of what's most likely to happen, Alabama has to win out to be in. The good news is if you win out and you're in, you're the number one seed. Uh, but if Alabama loses, uh, now, now I think we, we both agree – there's some irony. Alabama is, is more likely in uh, even if they lose to Arkansas or Auburn as long as they beat Georgia. I, I would agree Alabama's most likely in in that scenario. I, I can make an argument that Alabama could be in uh, with a close loss to Georgia depending on what happens in several other games. Uh, but 
let's just, in terms of what my focus on today is just the conventional wisdom, what's most likely to happen, that is that Alabama has to beat Arkansas, then Auburn, then Georgia, and then you're in the playoff. And that has been Alabama's situation since the loss to Texas A&M. And despite there being now uh, three different sets of rankings, college football playoff rankings, that's never changed. Uh, you got to win out. Uh, and and, and that, that's Alabama's way in right now. It is. Um, and some of the news as far as teams that dropped and climbed, Oklahoma dropped from number eight to number 13 after losing to Baylor. Texas A&M dropped only to number 16. They were at number 11 last week after losing to Ole Miss. Ole Miss climbed from number 15 to number 12. That's now Alabama's best win. Arkansas moved up from number twenty, or excuse me, from number twenty-five to number twenty-one. So now it's number two, Alabama versus number twenty-one, Arkansas, going down this weekend. And then Mississippi State was able to climb back into the top twenty-five with a six and four record, uh, giving Alabama two top twenty-five wins so far this year. And then of course you got Auburn who dropped out entirely. They took quite the tumble uh, after losing or blowing that huge lead to, to Mississippi State. They went from number seventeen to dropping out of the top twenty-five entirely. So those are some of the major points or major movement that happened. The top seven remain pretty much intact. Uh, and when you start looking at the remaining schedules, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on this. Georgia is kind of being criticized on Twitter right now, and Alabama's been through it before as well. But, uh, you know, because of their remaining schedule, they got Charleston Southern and they got Georgia Tech in the regular season. Now they'll have to play number two Alabama in the SEC championship. If, you know, which they're, you know, if Alabama uh, just wins either against Auburn or against Arkansas, Alabama's got a much tougher path. They play a top 25 Arkansas team. They got to go on the road to Jordan Hare Stadium. And then you got a top ranked Georgia if you win one or both of those games. Ohio State, by far the toughest slate. Uh, and granted, they do not have a Georgia standing in their way, which I think is, you know, if, if you put any other team in Alabama's way other than Georgia, Alabama, I think, you know, could get the job done. And I still think they can get the job done against Georgia. I'm just saying that's the team that's far and away worse or, or you know, a, a tougher opponent than anybody else that anybody else is going to be playing. But, you know, uh, Ohio State has to play Michigan State this weekend, a top seven Michigan State squad. Then they have to play in the number six team in Michigan. And then if they win both those games, which, you know, is, is po very possible, I wouldn't say likely. I think it's a tough stretch, and I think it could be a toss-up between some of these teams. But I think Ohio State would probably be the favorite out of that group to to emerge. Um, they'd have to play either a top fifteen Wisconsin team, who who will probably be a little bit higher if they continue to win, or you know probably a top fifteen team if they continue to win. They're currently ranked number seventeen in Iowa. So quite the contrast between what Ohio State's got standing in their way and what and you know Alabama for that matter as well, and what Georgia does. Jimmy, do you think that Ohio State stumbles in you know with this three game stretch they got coming up? No, no, I I don't. Uh, I, I I believe Ohio State is going to win out, but I, I certainly concede that from this point forward, their 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 hill is steep. That's tough. I, I'm not going going to be shocked uh, at all if they fail at some point in any of those three games. Wisconsin is elite defensively. I mean elite. They're very, very good on defense. Don't be fooled by their record. Their record is a product of, of how bad they are on offense. They're sort of a Clemson-type team where super elite on defense, horrible on offense, but the offense is getting better at the end, as is Clemson's. Uh, uh, so Wisconsin could beat them. Michigan's been good all season. 
I'll be a little surprised this weekend if Michigan State finds enough to beat Ohio State, particularly in Columbus. Uh, but no, I, I, I would agree that um, even though the hill is steep, uh, I think Ohio State wins out. And, uh, and in doing so, they're probably making a heck of a statement for C.J. Stroud in, in the Heisman race. Yeah, that's an, another aspect of this entire thing to talk about is there still hadn't been anybody who's become the clear-cut favorite to win the Heisman. You know, and, and Bryce Young is squarely in the mix. He's got Arkansas. He's got a road trip to Auburn. And he's got top-ranked Georgia. He can certainly step up and claim that for, for himself. Uh, you know, Shroud can as well for Ohio State with what he's got in front of him. But, uh, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting. I think that there's a lot of different ways or a lot of different scenarios that this can uh, play out. And you've talked about it a little bit, you know, saying that, you know, up to 11 teams 11. Uh, are still squarely in the playoff mix. Yeah, this is how I define that. And tell me if you if you disagree. I, 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 I defer to or, or I'm, I invite all all super smart opinions like anything coming from you, but this is the way I look at it. If you have zero losses other than Texas San Antonio, they, they've beaten literally no one. <laughs> so Texas San Antonio is out, but Cincinnati's clearly in. So if you're undefeated, that's Georgia and Cincinnati. They're in the race to me. If you are a power five team with one loss and eligible or on your way towards potentially winning your Power Five conference, you are definitely in the picture. That's 11 teams. That's 11. The, the two undefeateds, Georgia and Cincinnati, and it's all the Power Fives with one loss. Off the top of my head, that's Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Oregon, Alabama, and Wake Forest, who no one talks about. But let's be honest, uh, as bad as the ACC is, if Wake Forest beats Clemson this weekend and they finish 11 and 1 and then beat Pitt and they're the 12 and 1 ACC champs, it might be hard to keep them out. There might be four teams with a better argument to make, but it's going to be hard keeping them out. So I count Wake uh, just simply because they could be a one loss Power Five conference champion. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. As a matter of fact, I think Clemson's going to beat Wake Forest this weekend and then that'll be that. Uh, but those 11 teams to me, are the 11. I, I don't count anyone with two losses for one reason. There's never been a two-loss team invited to the playoffs, so I'm not going to assume that there will be. Now, there can be, but so far there has not been one. So if you got two losses, you're, you're out as far as I'm concerned. Texas Antonio, they're, they're ranked behind teams with, with three losses. They're out. Um, it's those 11 to me that are left. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that I'm not sure if you included Notre Dame, but that would be the 11th team. Maybe. I, I, yes, yes, Notre Dame, for sure. Yeah, and they, they're not a, you know, they're not working towards a conference championship because they don't have a conference championship. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the only problem with them, and, and I've been, I've said, you know, I think that they can make a late push. I think they can climb. And I do think that they would get in over Cincinnati. But with Georgia Tech and Stanford as these last two games, you know, it's been a while since they've played anybody really with a pulse uh, or, or anybody that you're going to take seriously enough. And I just wonder how that's going to weigh on the committee's minds. Yeah, what, what's their best win? North um, Carolina, Virginia Tech, North uh, Carolina? They beat, they beat Wisconsin pretty good. Wisconsin, okay. Well, yeah, they beat Wisconsin uh, during that period of time that everybody was beating Wisconsin. Yep. But, but they did beat Wisconsin. That is a good win now for sure, looking back on things. That, that's a quality win. And I, I, I'm, a, I'm not opposed to Notre Dame being in. 
this is what I'll say about all of it. Too much, there's too much arguing that goes on now. Let's see how it shakes out before everybody gets upset. The Michigan, Michigan State thing that has a lot of people's, you know, panties in a wad for, for lack of a better phrase. Uh, I, let's see how that works out. I, I, I will be potentially upset about that if, for instance, Michigan goes and Michigan State doesn't. But one of them has to win their division and go play for the Big Ten championship. And if they win the Big Ten championship, I'm not going to care. If Michigan's, I'm not going to care about what happened head to head. Uh, if Michigan wins uh, the Big Ten and they're Big Ten champs at 12 and one, I don't care that Michigan State beat them. Uh, Michigan should go uh, to the playoff I mean, if it plays out that way. So I'm still a let's see how it plays out. I'm not mad about Notre Dame getting in. They might be one of the four best resumes. That's the way I look at it. Who has the four best resumes at the end? And and I'm I, I feel like the committee's gotten it right every single year. I I, re, I really do. Uh, I can't even really name something controversial to me other than maybe that very first year when uh, co Big Twelve champs uh, TCU and Baylor didn't get in and, and Ohio State did. But then Ohio State shows up and wins the whole thing, sort of almost in my mind justifying that decision. So, well, I think I, that I, I trust the committee to get it right. The one that I would say would be. Two loss, Penn State not getting in over one loss, Ohio State. That's the one because they had the head-to-head victory and they were conference champions. That's one that I think is extremely tough. And and I would go ahead and tell you, you know, if Georgia was in a position where they were falling out of the playoff, they lost Alabama, you would have a very similar debate going on. Um, And it would be possible that Georgia would go over Alabama in that instance. And if that happened... I would be arguing the same thing as far as arguing for Penn State. If Alabama wins the the SEC championship and they have the head-to-head victory, you know, technically, even though Georgia just has the one loss, when you look at their schedules and you compare and, and you're talking about late in the season where everybody's, you know, hitting their stride and you can actually compare, you know, a, a loss at the beginning of the season, very different teams that you're playing. I mean, Clemson right now was nowhere close to where Georgia played them you know, just a, a, what was it, you know, 10 games ago, you know, first game of the season, that offense, you know, defensively Clemson is has been rock solid or, you know, I wouldn't say they're quite as good, but Georgia's a different offense as well. You know, people will, will point to that game and say, oh, the first, the only defense you've played with really, you know, much of a pulse, uh, you only scored, you know, what was it, three points against them because that touchdown came on defense. So, right. yeah, but at the same time, Georgia is, is light years from that, offense now i'm not saying that they're an elite offense by any means i'm not saying that they're a great offense but they are not even close to the they were still working some things a lot of things out offensively in that first game of the season like a lot of teams are and so if if you lose right before you make the decision on who goes and the head-to-head in that instance i think should matter a little bit more um but i doesn't matter i think georgia and alabama are both going so that that's one aspect of it you know looking at at alabama and because it's been interesting and you've, you've brought this up and I haven't been able to get it out of my head. If it came down think about this, if Alabama beats Georgia, Alabama will be, or let's say, okay, let, let me, let me ask it to you this way. If Alabama loses one of these next two games and then they uh-huh. beat Georgia in the sec championship, do uh-huh. you think that they're, you know, what, what seating do you think they would get? Whew. Uh, I think the committee would twist itself into pretzels trying to avoid Alabama, Georgia in a semifinal. Um, 
I, th I think they would work to make sure that, that Alabama's in one semi and Georgia's in another, so there's not an immediate rematch. Um, I don't think Alabama could be a one with two losses. So uh, I, I, th I think Georgia could potentially maintain its spot as a number one seed because they would be the best one-loss team. So I say Georgia at one and, and Alabama uh, at two or three, depending on what, what the other – what the other uh, candidates are, uh, I don't, I'm with you in this sense, Clint. And yeah, I'll be very upset myself. I think Georgia is just in. I think they could lose to Alabama 59 to nothing and get in. I, I think Georgia is in, assuming they win these last two cupcakes. And Georgia's just in. Alabama, two loss SEC champ, is, is, is in my mind not certainly in. I will use the word probably, <laughs> probably in. But I want to know who won the other conferences and what their record are, what, what their record is. For instance, the Pac-12 hasn't been great, but how do you keep 12-1 and one Oregon out if they win the Pac-12 and have the win over Ohio State? They're in. Um, there's going to be public outcry if 13-0 and 0 Cincinnati doesn't get in. And, 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 and I, I'm not – pro Cincinnati, but I'll admit I, I will I do believe SMU and Houston would be real quality wins. That would the, that would be playoff worthy wins to me, along with their win over Notre Dame. But they'll be hard to keep out. A, a, a one loss Big 12 champ, if that's Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, they're going to be hard to keep out. Wake Forest isn't going to win the ACC, but if they do, they could be 12 and one. So I need to see how many of those teams are in the mix before I, I say a two-loss SEC champion Alabama's in, particularly if one of Alabama's losses is to Arkansas or Auburn because, uh, you know, that's that would be a bad loss, all things considered. Well, and, and th this is why I'm a huge advocate for expanding the playoffs because, to me, you know, if, if Alabama loses to, you know, Arkansas this weekend and Arkansas climbs into being probably a top – 16 top 15 team if they were to beat Alabama you got that loss you got a top 20 loss against Texas A&M and then they go to the SEC championship and they win their conference and they beat the top team in the country how in the world do you watch them beat the top team in the country and then the very you know 24 hours later you say I don't think this is one of the top four teams in the country you know so you would have to try to include them in the playoff but then you're talking about how in the world do you leave Oregon out in that instance because they are you know they beat a top you know a playoff you know more than likely a playoff team in Ohio State they have you know in order to get to the you know college football playoffs they're playing number 23 Utah this weekend then they're playing Oregon State then they're playing either you know Utah again or they're playing Arizona State Granted, if they beat Utah the first time around, Utah probably won't be a top 25 team, and so they won't have a top 25 win down the stretch. Maybe that's a reason to keep them out. Um, you know, Cincinnati, I agree. Uh, and that's, that's what's really tough is that you would have that really quality win depending on how the committee viewed Notre Dame, but then you'd also have Cincinnati beating SMU. You'd have them beating Houston, uh, who is currently a top 25 team more than likely. Uh, that's who they would end up you know playing. And so I think that their resume, while it is not great, undefeated, and they did play a couple of pretty quality teams, and they went, they won those games. And but then at the same time, you're like, yeah, yeah, but you can't put them in over, a, you know, what Alabama's been through. You can't put them in over, you know, what what Oregon's been through. Um, even though you know Oregon might not have, 
you know, as good of a resume as some of these other teams, they did still get that playoff win, like I said, against an Ohio State caliber team, you know, Notre Dame and what they've been able to do. Their games with Utah coming up, uh, to me, I'm I'm sort of not crazy about Oregon being number three right now, uh, just based on who they – I know they beat Ohio State. It's the best win. But they also have the worst loss <laughs> of all the contenders. They have the worst loss. That, that's why I don't like Oregon at three. But if they beat Utah twice, oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, that, that's a that's a legitimate top 25 team right now. They beat Utah on the road and then have to beat the same team again in a neutral spot. So they'd have two wins over Utah, none of them in Corvallis um, or Eugene. Yeah, they play in Eugene. <laughs> uh, if, if they if they pull that off, oh, hell yeah, they, they deserve maybe to be higher than three. And see, you know, you're looking at all of these teams and you're saying, oh, man, when you take them individually and you say and you go through their resume, it's like, how can you leave them out? How can you leave them out? You can't leave them out. Not with what they've accomplished. And then you're like, there's four spots. And we're talking about eight teams. You're like, how could you leave them out if they do this? Or how could you leave them out? This is why you need to expand the playoffs. And I understand that there's going to be games where you get teams in there, they get blown out. There's going to either still going to be a debate, you know, who deserves to be in those top eight teams. But I think that what it does is it eliminates any, you know, how can you leave out a a, a 12 and one Wake Forest ACC champion. It eliminates that. It eliminates the conference champion thing. If, if you have the five automatics, and that's been a huge point of debate, so we would have to kind of see uh, how that ends up you know, working out as far as the discussions, but it would eliminate that aspect where you're leaving out a team that has been very good, that has gone out and done what they needed to do to win their conference. They are taken care of. You no longer have to worry about someone getting – because then you got to really start comparing you know, what is a, what is a 12 and one Oregon look like versus a 12 and one, you know, Wake Forest. And I know, I know that we all understand or, or have an idea of what that looks like. Oregon clearly is the better option in, in that instance, but you know, you shouldn't have to do that when they've both done what they needed to, to win their conference. And then you got Cincinnati could be getting in there, you know, Alabama with the, you know, having two losses, if they did have two losses or, you know, Georgia or Notre Dame, that would eliminate that. They could be one of those schools that, you know, it was an at-large team. We're talking about 11 teams that are worthy of the playoff or not necessarily worthy, but still in the conversation. And it would be nice if you could get pretty much all those teams in or at the very least eight of the the 11. But we'll just kind of have to see how it plays out uh, this year because, you know, we, we keep talking about how, you know, all these teams that are in the playoff conversation, a lot of them are about to get knocked off. You know, Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State are all about to play each other. So that's about to work itself out. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State play each other, too. That's going to produce somebody getting knocked. That's what I'm saying. Today, I said there's 11 teams. There's only three weekends of games left. I bet, I bet, just on, on prior precedent, when when me and you are having the discussion, because we'll, we'll probably do a podcast Sunday morning of, of Selection Day, uh, whether Alabama's in the mix or not. And and, and I, here, here's one thing I'll guarantee to you. We ain't talking about 11 teams. That's okay. Yeah. That's, be 11 uh, maybe it's three and then who are you going to let in that doesn't really deserve it or maybe it is five or six and you got to pick four of them uh, I don't know all, all I know is it won't be 11 uh, some of these teams are knocking off each other like I said Bedlam is going to knock somebody out uh, Ohio State Michigan uh, Michigan State uh, two of those teams are going to be knocked out um, and, and and they'll be done. Wake Forest has to beat Clemson. Oregon has to beat Utah twice. Cincinnati has its, at minimum, second and third toughest games of the season left, and they're not playing well. 
uh, based on how they were playing earlier in the season. Uh, I'll tell you right now, among those 11, in terms of who's got the easiest path, two teams, Georgia already in, already in. If Georgia beats Charleston Southern and Georgia Tech, they're in. Uh, the other one to me is Notre Dame. Uh, they're going to beat Georgia Tech and Stanford. And I'm not saying they're in because I want to see what the other resumes are. But with everybody knocking everybody else off, I'm telling you, 11-1 Notre Dame, as we sit here, is a good bet to have one of the four best resumes on uh, on Selection Sunday. Well, I think that them, I wouldn't say maybe the the four best resumes necessarily, but they, you know, when if you if you start talking about two losses or one loss or, right. man, it it's tough. This whole thing's a mess. And you're right, a lot of it will work itself out. And that's something that I always need to remind myself of is where we're at now is not where we're going to be at in two weeks because um, I forget that. But I still think that there is room to, it, it, like I said, it is very, very likely that a one-loss Wake Forest team does not make it to the college football playoff. It is possible that a one-loss Oregon team does not make it to the playoffs. It's possible that a two-loss Alabama, does, with those two losses coming to Texas A&M on the road in College Station and the by far and away the top-ranked team in the country, could not make it to the playoffs. Those things, in my opinion, are criminal. And I don't – you expand it, you get more college football. What's the harm? You know, I, I've never understood why people are so against it. Because and, and I understand that it makes, you know, the obsession now is already on the college football playoff. Bowl games have lost so much meaning at this point. I don't think expanding it from four teams to eight teams or whatever it is that people want to do, I don't think that's going to hurt bowl games really any more than they've already been hurt. Um, I think it, what it does is it gives people a lot more of a reason. There, there would be teams. How much further down the list are we going with this if it's an eight-team playoff? You know, I mean, as far as the top 25 rankings, you know, kind of looking at them, there would be plenty of other teams that would still be in the mix. I mean, you could talk about BYU. You could talk about Baylor. Baylor's out of it, and I think they're playing good football. They just beat Oklahoma, that they got the two losses. They're not going right now. You know, Oklahoma, who's down there, we already talked about how they're technically still a playoff contender. You know, Pitt, I mean, granted, these teams further down the list, you don't think that any any of them are going to get in and beat better teams. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, this just occurred to me. Okay, let's say that Alabama's situation is placed to chalk, meaning, you know, they beat Arkansas, they beat Auburn, they go, they lose to Georgia by 10, uh, you know, 30 to 20. So Alabama uh, ends non-SEC champ 11 and 2 with the losses to Georgia and Texas A&M. Would Alabama sit at home in favor of two-loss ACC champion pit? or two-loss Big 12 champion Baylor. All three have two losses. It's just that Baylor and Pitt have conference champion next to their name. Um, I wonder if there's one spot left. <laughs> Who goes between two-loss Alabama and Baylor and Pitt if Baylor and Pitt have won their leagues? That is a, a great question. I mean, it, it, like I said, it, the entire situation – is wild when you think about it because I'm, I run through so many scenarios and every day I sit down to kind of figure out, okay, where can things go? And today I was just looking at the remaining schedules. That's what I was really identifying. And, you know, Michigan's got Maryland and Ohio state, and maybe, you know, if they went out, they'd play a Wisconsin or an Iowa in the, in the big 10 championship, you know, Oklahoma state's got Texas tech and Oklahoma wake Forest's got Clemson and Boston college. And then, you know, probably a Pitt or a Virginia, they play this weekend and we'll kind of see, how that, you know, shakes out. 
but you know, I was just looking at all these schedules and I'm like, man, uh, th- this, th- they got a really tough road ahead of them. I think that it would be criminal that Ohio state, if they go through Michigan state, Michigan, and then Wisconsin or Iowa, if they drop one of those games and they've lost to, you know, a playoff caliber team in Oregon and a playoff caliber team in, let's say, you know, Michigan beats them and now they're squarely in the playoff hunt. Why in the world should Ohio State be completely eliminated from the conversation? They will be. I, I fully believe that they will be. I just think that they're still a good enough team where they should be making postseason play. And people have different opinions on that. Not everybody's going to agree, but just something I go back and forth with all the time. And I, I just think that if you eliminated having to worry about who won their conference and who didn't and who's going to win their conference and still get left out. And then you start making it about, okay, who's getting those three at-large bids. That's where the debate really starts to come into play. And some teams are going to feel like they deserve it and they don't get in. And the the debate's still going to exist. And then they're still going to have as much excitement, but you know, you would never have to worry about a team that went out and maybe they stumble once along the way going undefeated is very tough in college football, but at the same time, they won their conference and they won all their other games. They deserve to be in the playoff, in my opinion. And they might not be a great team. They might get slaughtered in the playoffs, but they deserve to be there if they do those things. But anyways, uh, we got to move on. We've spent a lot of time talking about it. But it's been you know fairly good conversation, I feel like. The, the last thing we're going to talk about on today's episode is we got one more question from Trey on Twitter about the defense. So I wanted to throw it out there and we could talk a little bit about it because I do think it's pretty important for Alabama moving forward, and that's the defense. Like I said, what is the ceiling for this defense? They've been playing a lot better as of late, but I'm still not convinced this is the elite defense we all expected them to be coming into the season. Is it truly a top-five group? Well, it depends on what stat you look at and what stat you value the most. Uh, I get uh, criticized when I when I bring up total defense as the stat that I focus on. Um it's still the the main stat. If there's a deeper dive stat, I like it's 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 uh, yards per play. I think is a pretty good one. But basically, that's the way I look at it. An elite defense doesn't just give up points. An elite defense gives up no territory. An elite defense gives up nothing. An elite defense doesn't give up first downs. An elite defense forces three and outs. So I, I still look at total defense. The amount of yards you give up. Scoring defense is vital. But your offense can be responsible for giving the other team points by field position problems and turnovers and and pick sixes and all those things that are bad about your offense that that somehow reflect on your defensive numbers. I think total defense might be a little bit better stat. And per total defense, Alabama is fifth. I consider out of if when when there's 130 teams playing and you're fifth, that sounds pretty damn elite to me. Um, other people might say, no, elite is number one. Okay. If you want to raise the bar that high, well, guess who's not number one, Georgia. So they're not elite. Actually, Wisconsin is number one in the, in the nation in, in total defense, not Georgia. So I know this Georgia is elite. Georgia is elite. I know that I've seen them with my own eyeballs and the numbers they put up. Georgia's elite. Alabama only gives up 45 yards more per game than Georgia. So I have had my criticisms of Pete Golding even this season, and I have said all along we should be better than we are. I also think our defenses who lost that game in College Station more than the offense, and and, and that loss is going to hang over our heads during this playoff talk. But overall, hey, look, I I, I think I'm a tough grader. I, I think I'm harsh sometimes. 
And uh, I'm having a hard time being critical of the defense on Pete Golding today. Uh, they're fifth in the nation against a tough schedule, only giving up 45 more yards than Georgia, that some people believe is one of the great defenses in the history of this league. So I, I give the defense right now an A- minus for the whole season. I think that they have certainly become close to what we were expecting coming into the year. Do I think that they're fully, you know, I think a lot of people felt like Georgia and Alabama's defense would be very on par for me. I think what's hurting the perception of Alabama's defense right now is just how good Georgia's defense is because uh, I, I was, when I thought they were going to be comparable going into the year, I thought I did not think Georgia was going to have a historically good defense. I thought they were going to have an elite defense, a top defense, but not historically good. And if they just, you know, weren't playing at a historical level and you didn't have that to compare to, and they were just elite, a standard elite defense, then I think Alabama's group would be considered a lot more, or, you know, would be a lot more favorable in the eyes of people who try to compare them. I'm going a long way of saying all that, but I think that this Alabama group has gotten a lot better i think it's coming together at the right time i think that guys are playing a lot better jordan battle's been playing fantastic um i think they got their main safety on the back half of the defense i think that the defensive front which i think is the most important part of your defense in my opinion i think they're playing great i think will anderson jr has continued to to become that elite presence he was great from week one but he's just only continued to get better in my opinion and he's been an absolute terror the last four or five weeks um, that, but you also have complimentary pieces. You know, you got Federian Mathis, who's been doing a lot of great stuff this season. He's becoming a guy that you have to pay attention to. You've got Dallas Turner emerging opposite Will Anderson Jr. Uh, you still got Drew Sanders, who's coming back. And, and you know, it's a little bit of a question mark on why he isn't getting more snaps. I, don't, I think they're really trying to ease him in a little bit. But uh, hopefully he's able to get back and, and contribute, and he certainly can contribute. But then their play and their increased perfor- or improved performance with Byron Young and a lot of the rotational guys they've had. I think Tim Smith is playing a lot better as of late in his snaps. That's really helping the linebackers. They're starting to play better together. They're getting more confident. I think the corners um, you know, are playing well. I just think across the board, everybody has really get started to get a feel for how this group is going to succeed. I think the communication has gotten better. And I think the confidence level has gotten better. And does that mean they're perfect and they're not going to give up big plays and, and all that stuff? No. Um, one thing Georgia doesn't really do very often is give up big plays. Alabama, that's the main difference. You're going to see some mental lapses. You're going to see some struggles. But as far as you know, handing the, the opposing offense easy ones, um, like I said, big pop plays are going to happen. But I'm talking about you know, giving them, you know, creating some kind of dumb uh, you know, penalty or something like that where you hand them or extend their drive uh, for them or, you know, and that could be done in a lot of different ways or just, you know, some kind of coverage uh, lapse that allows them to get a big third down that's not really downfield. It's just beyond the sticks. I, I really feel like Alabama's defense is improving, but it's not on the level of Georgia's, but I think it's unfair to compare the two. Right. It, it, it is. Uh, they, they both had there's different situations for both defenses in terms of what was returning, star players, things like that. I, I don't fault Alabama for being not quite as good as Georgia. But I think when you start looking at the numbers uh, through 10 games, uh, and let's see where they are after 12 games, because Georgia doesn't play tough competition these last two games. Alabama does. 
Uh, let's see where the numbers are. If Alabama's just behind Georgia in these major statistical categories, I'm going to say Alabama did a, a really good job. Uh, again, there are uh, nits to pick, and, and, and there is that Texas A&M game. We can't forget that happened because it's the albatross hanging around Alabama's neck, and, and Alabama gave up uh, – 31 points because seven of A&M's points were, were on special teams, but Alabama did give up 31 points. When you do that, uh, you subject yourself to losing the game, and uh, and that's what happened. I think there are two keys to Alabama beating Georgia if they play them in the SEC championship. The first, I mean, the, the, the biggest concern going in that everybody's going to be worried about is Alabama's offensive line against Georgia's defensive front because that does not, right now, that does not look like a favorable matchup for Alabama at all if they can get that taken care of and just have a good performance up front offensively against georgia's defense i think that they are going to be able to have some success georgia's going to get some wins defensively plenty of them but i think alabama offensively is going to get plenty of wins as well that's just the way the game is set up to help offenses in today's college football and i think alabama will get the success they need to put up some points the key area that i'm looking at that not enough people are talking about is Alabama's defense versus Georgia's offense. Because, you know, it's like I said, the only defense that you can say is really, really good that Georgia has played this year is Clemson. And they did not have a good performance. They've come a a long uh, way since then. I think they're playing much better. But them playing Alabama, they haven't been used to having somebody be able to stop them, especially their run game. They can run the ball. They can, whether it be with their running backs, whether it be with Stetson Bennett, they can hit you for big plays. If Alabama, you know, and, and I almost guarantee you, Georgia's probably going to hit at least one big play against Alabama. I wouldn't be shocked at all if they did. But I think that Alabama defensively going against Georgia's offensive line, which I think has been, you know, one of the most improved position groups on the entire team over the course of this season, I think them going against Alabama's defensive front is going to present a huge challenge. And, you know, I've talked about this more on the, the overall level talking about how the the only concern that Georgia should have going into this game against Alabama is that they haven't been tested enough. They don't know how they're going to react and handle adversity. And you would just assume you got Kirby smart. He's got his head screwed on straight. Um, I understand he's blown some games in the past, but you would, uh, the assumption should probably be that they'll handle it well, but we don't know that once you actually see them on the field, facing a defense that can do a lot of different things, can throw some different things at you. Pete Golding, I think, has been dialing up a lot more uh, creative stuff defensively, sending blitzes, and, and they're very timely, and he's finding areas to exploit with every offense that, that Alabama's been going against in recent weeks. And Georgia certainly got some exploitable places offensively as well. That is where I think the difference in the game can be made because I think Georgia's offense will have some success against Alabama's defense, but I also think Alabama's defense can create some turnovers, can really cause Georgia problems, and if if they're facing adversity on that side of the football and they're not used to it, that could be the difference to help Alabama win. No, uh, I, Alabama will be the second-best defense or the best defense they faced, along with Clemson, but Alabama is certainly the most complete team Georgia will face. I think there's way too much negativity out there among Alabama fans about their chances to win that game. Uh, I'll admit Alabama will rightfully be an underdog. Uh, I would make Alabama an underdog too, but uh, put it, Alabama should be an underdog of less than seven points, uh, which means a one score game. 
and uh, anybody can win a one-score football game. Um, I, I just I, I would like Alabama's chances to win that game. Uh, I just uh, certainly uh, affirm or recognize how good Georgia is and that it will be a challenge and that this would be one of the better teams Alabama's beaten in a while, including last season. Uh, I would say beating Georgia and Atlanta is going to be tougher than beating Ohio State and Notre Dame in the playoff a year ago. Completely agree with you there. And and it's going to be a challenge. And I do really feel like, and I know a lot of Alabama fans are not going to want to hear this, but I do feel like that Georgia is kind of one of those teams of destiny. You know, it, it kind of feels like it did with LSU a couple of years ago. Now, their structure, their team, their elite historical side of the football is defense. LSU's was offense, and then LSU had a good defense, and Georgia's got a good offense. But with the, you know, Kirby has been preaching all year, this is our year. And, and I really feel like that entire team has really bought into that. And I think the biggest, I think Alabama can beat Georgia in the SEC championship, where I would be very concerned if I was an Alabama fan, fan is if they can do it again, if they have to play Georgia again. That will be extremely tough if they are able to get that victory. But we'll just kind of have to see how it plays out, as always. I say that a lot, but you really do. Sometimes you just got to take a step back and realize, you know, some of this stuff will work itself out, and we just got to enjoy the ride while it's here. But that's going to do it for yet another episode of the Bama on 3 show. Jimmy, as always, I appreciate you off and on here with me, brother. And we'll be back tomorrow talking a lot more about the Arkansas Razorbacks and what Alabama needs to do specifically to get a win on Saturday. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.